Welcome to Epiphany with Tiffany, a podcast that explores the deeper meaning behind the clothes you wear and items you own and how to work with the energy of the cosmos to make powerful shifts in your life, home, and wardrobe. I'm your host, Tiffany. I'm a holistic life and style coach and personal stylist with a deep love for fashion and a firm believer of the life-changing power of energetics. Tune in each week for an illuminating discussion designed to shift your frequency and connect your environment to your soul. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, welcome back to the show. Today, I have another really juicy, interesting chat all about manifestation, abundance, and building self-mastery within your life. I have on Andrea Lowell. Andrea is a self-mastery coach from the Los Angeles area. After spending half of her life in the entertainment industry, working in TV and radio, she discovered it's really not about being on TV, having the house on the beach and the cool car and the driveway that feels like success to her, that equates success. In fact, she was miserable when she quote unquote had it all. And she really used that rock bottom and her own despair and hopelessness over how she was living her life as the fertile ground for radical self-improvement and personal growth. And now she guides countless, countless women from all stages of their current personal development paths in taking their personal pain, their frustrations, their stagnations, and turning them into self-mastered queens. She has discovered that by integrating her knowledge into a daily practice and lifestyle that she has really uncovered the keys to living a drama-free, guilt-free, shame-free life and instead replacing it with lots of self-worth, love, joy, purpose, and abundance. Andrea has really found out that the less that she desires in the physical material realm, the more she has and the more that she receives in her life. And I just love her perspective. We obviously connected because of our aligned interests in manifestation and our work and really just working on how to work through your own blocks in life so that you're tapped into your soul's purpose and what your heart's truly desiring. So her whole message really resonates with my overall energy and vibe. And I really enjoyed our conversation because she really takes us through kind of where she was at in her life before she did the work, before she did all of the changes and then takes us through what she does now, the practices she has in place, the way she is living through her day so that her mindfulness, her self-awareness, her gratitude practice, all of those things are of top focus throughout the day and really helping check in with her, keep her aligned on what she really feels like her purpose is and really tangible tips you'll walk away with on self-mastery and abundance. And so when we're talking about questions, like how would you answer that question in your own life? Like we're talking about what do you value in your life? Like how can you figure out if you're not aligned in your current path, but you don't know where you're supposed to go, really just sitting with what you actually value and then comparing your day-to-day life 
it's your values front and center with how you're living your life now. And a lot of times they're not. And it's that wake up call of like, oh, if I start integrating this or change this or take this off or or step away from this, this is actually going to get me closer to my values instead of the things that I'm distracting myself with or numbing myself out with. And Andrea really shares her unique approach to her manifestation practice that she uses in her own life and with clients and talks about why it's so important to find out and figure out your own unique method. We don't all manifest things into our lives the same way. And I loved that she called that out. And I loved hearing her approach to manifestation and the reminders of of why things, if they aren't coming in that you are trying to manifest, why there's still more work to do to get aligned, to get the energetic frequencies to sync up so that your manifestation can come through. I think you'll really get a lot out of this chat. If you want to connect with Andrea and learn more about her programs, work with her one-on-one or in a group coaching container, I will link her website and her link tree and the show notes. And also you can connect with her on Instagram, which I will link as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Andrea. Such a beautiful chat with you. Now onto my conversation with Andrea Lowell. Hello, welcome to the podcast, Andrea. How are you? Tiffany, I am absolutely fantastic. And it's so good seeing your beautiful face as we record this. You have such a gorgeous energy. So it's ramping me up. Thank you for having oh me. Oh my gosh. I was actually just thinking the same about you. You have this like very dreamy quality to your overall vibe. And I love the color you chose to wear today. That Thank backdrop you. is so fun. So definitely <laughs> we're feeling the energy today. Love it. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I have been really enjoying learning more about your work as a manifestation mentor and coach. And I think you have a really unique background, which I would love to dive into today. To start with, I really think it's fun to get to know my guests on the show by looking at your astrology. So I don't know if you happen to know your sun, moon and rising signs, but perhaps you do and you would be willing to share and we can learn a little bit about your unique energies. Girl, of course, you know, I know my signs. I'm a, uh, I'm a double cap. Yeah. um, Capricorn, Capricorn, Pisces. Wow. So Pisces, moon or rising? Rising. Rising. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is fascinating. Right. I actually, I recently um, met a Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, and I felt like I thought that their emotional state would be really rigid and strategic and, and just kind of like, um, you know, forthcoming straight to the point. But because of that Pisces energy in the mix, it really lent a really nice balance to them being able to be intuitive and emotional, emotionally aware, as well as like really into strategy spreadsheets and like looking at emotions in a more compartmentalized way. It was really interesting. I'm so, I identify with that hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> when you tell people you have Pisces in your chart at all, they're like, oh, are you very weepy and you lead with your emotions? I'm like, no, I use my emotions. My emotions are almost like an internal guidance system. It's yes. like the way my soul communicates with me. And I know if I'm sad, I need to adjust something. Something's out of balance. If I'm excited, that's a, that's a super yes. So I love that aspect of me. And it was really funny because I was just like, this Pisces thing seems kind of random, you know, when you first start getting into this. And then 
I learned, you know, both of my parents are Pisces. And I think that has a huge imprint on why that sign is in my chart to begin with. And I love it. So it's like, we all three share that even it's their um, sun signs, but my rising. So very oh, cool. I, I love that. And I'm a Pisces moon myself. So I definitely feel the Pisces and the intuition energy. And I'm constantly crying because it is in my moon. My moon is in my Pisces. It's really um, can be intense at times, but it really, I think lens empathic. Like if you're working as a coach or as a mentor, you really can feel into where other people are coming from, have empathy and things like that. So there's a lot of beautiful qualities that come with Pisces. And I also like to know, I think for you, it sounds like from what I know about you, that mindfulness is maybe a a point in your day of, of importance. Can you maybe share some daily practices of just like how you check in with yourself, how you do your a mindfulness practice. If you have anything that you really leverage or with clients that really seems to work and help you tune in. Yeah. I don't do anything before I take care of myself and you know, it took me a lot of time to figure this out and it's not rigid. This practice will change and evolve and I don't beat myself up if I I don't stick to it every day, but I really don't leave my bed first and foremost without doing a gratitude practice. And this may not be my big gratitude practice of the day or the week or my manifestation, but I know for me, um, I have to really focus and intend my day to be one of gratitude before I even get out of the bed. So it could be something as simple as thank you for these cozy socks on my feet. Thank you for this gift, you know, which we call the present that I have an opportunity to unfold and unravel and see what you delight and surprise me with. And when I'm saying this, I'm talking to the universe or source or God or whatever we want to call our higher power source. And then I like to go out and sunbathe. And I do this intentionally. I know I go out into the backyard and then I kind of like feel into the collective, I feel into my clients and because I have I have that really great sense of empathy that you tapped into. And I can I can feel what people need. And um then I usually kind of harness that and and then set my intention to how can I serve. So everything I do has the underlying mindfulness of how can I use my knowledge? How can I use my feelings? How can I use my own gifts and talents to better serve humanity? So I think when I shift from what can I get from this day or how am I going to jam it all in or me, 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 me to how can I help you? That's when my life is set up for absolute bliss and abundance in all ways. Ooh, I love that mindset shift. The the how can we help others? It's beyond just us. It, the world is so much bigger than us and it seems so obvious, but it's like sometimes we forget because we wake up and that narrative loop is on our brain of like, I have to, I'm late. I have to go here. I have to do this today. Oh no, I don't want to do this today. And all of a sudden we're halfway into our day and it's been all like negative talk and we don't even realize it until maybe we take a moment, hopefully to pause and check in. We're like, oh my gosh. But it's like when we can start the day in gratitude and in service, like what a refreshing energy to then bring to the whole day and everything that you do is being seen through a whole new lens that way. Totally. And what I like to let my clients know too is, so, you know, sometimes we can't do our gratitude and I can't go out to sunbathe because, oh my gosh, I woke up late. I have a client or I have to be on the other side of town. Ah, It's fine. Do what I got to do. I can reset my intention any time of day. I can reset my frequency 
any time. In fact, I can do it several times throughout the day. That's why I mentioned like my practice isn't rigid. I literally live life on life's terms. And sometimes I need to hop out of bed and get the day going. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean that I don't have the awareness and that mindfulness that you speak of to know that, okay, I do need to stop and slow down at a certain point in time. It could be, you know, 1 PM. It could be several times throughout the day, but I definitely have to get it in today. I can't go a day without, you know, setting my intention or making a connection or being grateful for something. Even if it's, you know, thank you for the sun on my skin coming through the car window. I have to make that connection. Yes. And, and taking the, the rigid practice out of it, because that can often just make us not want to stick to it over time. We can get burned out when it starts feeling like work to check in with ourselves. So I love that you kind of seem to feel into it intuitively at, and at different points in the day. Have you always kind of lived your life this way or what's kind of your background? I don't think you've always been this in tune with yourself perhaps. And and can you tell us about if something happened in your life that maybe led you to really appreciating checking in with yourself and the value of mindfulness work and, and the work that you do now? Totally. The reason I do the work I do now and the reason I am the way I am now is because I was nothing like this before. You know, there was no accountability. There was no mindfulness. There was no gratitude. In fact, it was entitlement, blame, um, you know, passing the buck. And really it was because I was ignoring my internal guidance system. I was pushing away um, what my soul was trying to communicate with. And when my soul would get loud, I'll have a drink. I'll drown it out. Or maybe I'll go on vacation. Maybe I'll go shopping. Maybe I'll, you know, go get a massage. It was like anything I could do to distract myself from the truth because the world I was living in and the reality I was living in was so far from what my actual purpose was that I had to be living in distraction and delusion and denial. I know that sounds crazy because a lot of the things that I would do to distract sound like, oh, that's self-care. No, it was not self-care. It was just feeding and co-signing this narrative that I was building a facade. And so basically I was living a life for everyone else's approval. I wanted, you know, to have the best car, the best house, the best job, the best this. And I wasn't listening to my heart's nudgings. I wasn't listening to my soul. And the more quote unquote successful I got on paper, um, the more miserable I was. And I couldn't figure this out. Well, if society is telling me that I need X, Y, and Z to be happy, well, I have X, I have Y, I have Z and some, why am I miserable? And you do that long enough and you push your soul out long enough, uh, you get to a breaking point. And that's exactly what happened. I got to an absolute breaking point And I realized I just have to change one thing, everything. So I started doing the opposite. <laughs> so, oh right? my gosh. I started doing the opposite of what I was doing. I started taking accountability. I started being grateful. I started making, you know, I started apologizing to people who I, I looked and could see they were trying to help me. And I pushed them away because I took it. Their, you know, suggestions as like criticism and judgment. What it said was more about my mindset that, I was seeing everything through this lens of defensiveness and jealousy and uh, what an exhausting way to live. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole spectrum of things that went down, girl. So to answer your question very briefly, no, I was not born like this. 
I mean, but it's, it's, it really is often those rock bottoms that give us that like wake up call that shake of like, okay, you are going, you have gone, been going down a path that is not serving you. Like we are going to force you to wake up and make some big changes, but it can be so painful at the time to kind of have that reckoning with yourself where you're like, Ooh, I'm not actually the person that I want to be, or I actually don't even know who I am and what am I doing? What have I been doing? It can, it can feel, um, really overwhelming at first to, be in that state and to realize all of the changes. Like you say, I did one simple thing. I changed everything, but like that, which is amazing, but it's like, that's a lot of work. And if you're, you know, I think you've had a 15 plus year, um, career in the TV and radio industry, um, doing something completely different than you're doing now, making a shift and, saying goodbye to a way of that you were doing life or a way that you're used to different types of securities that come through that life and choosing to do everything different without knowing the outcome that can feel really terrifying. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yes. You know, you hit the nail on the head. It's that knowing. So before I started this decision to, okay, I got to change everything. You know, I have this realization. Yeah, I'm on TV. I'm on radio. I got all the money. I'm walking red carpets. I'm doing the thing. Hmm, this seems awesome. So why am I miserable? Okay, but I guess I got to keep pushing through because, you know, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. And even though I have a really good sense of spirituality at this time, and I'm already taking the steps of self-mastery, I'm starting to manifest miracles. I just can't leave this career because I am so scared that I'm not going to be able to find something that allows me to sustain this lifestyle that I've been living. So I kept lying to myself, you know, again, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Ha ha. I'm getting one over on them, on Hollywood, on my producers. I know the truth, but I'm just going to keep showing up and cashing those checks. And that financial insecurity um, that I wasn't going to be able to sustain this lifestyle is what kept me there. And it was such an irrational fear. So what I did was I started to follow the signs, the synchronicities, you know, I was getting a lot of number signals. I was getting a lot of spoken word, uh, from people that it was just too odd to not be God. You know what I mean? Like someone would say something that only I say, and then I'm like, wait, well, huh? huh? And then They'd say, well, do you believe in manifestation? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I knew that my higher power source was like sprinkling these little breadcrumbs down on me. And I started to follow them. And I started to really understand what that word knowing meant. I'm not thinking that I have, you know, a universe that's supporting me. I'm not believing that there's something greater than myself supporting me. I actually know there is. And so I walked through that, you know, 20 foot brick wall of fear and shame and, you know, years of wounds and all this and trauma and drama. And I burst through it. And I realized that brick wall that I thought was 20 feet wide of, you know, hardcore excavating was actually as thin as a piece of tissue paper. It was an illusion. Fear was a liar. I just had to walk through. And I did that because I knew. And I it's because I paid attention to the signs and I started to manifest these little miracles. And I thought, you know what? 
there's no difference between manifesting like, you know, a text message or a bouquet of flowers and there is like a house or a diamond, you know? So I just got to get doubtless in order to actualize this. So ever since I started, you know, taking these changes, my knowing has just more solidified. And when people say, well, how are you able to do all these great things? It's because I have no doubt. And so that's what I tried to pass along to my clients is that knowing, you know, much like you were sharing in a couple of podcasts ago about how, when you were going to get a dog, you just knew that when you saw it, it was it, there was no doubt. And then look what happened. Everything opened up for you. And it was this perfect thing because you had no doubt. Now imagine had you had that same circumstance and you're sitting there at the computer going, well, is this it? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't reach out. Maybe I shouldn't send the message. Oh no, that's not it. I'm going to keep looking it would have never happened as perfectly. And you would have missed that divine gift from the universe. Yes. I mean, it's, it's such an energetic thing. It always goes back to me down to energetics where if we're not believing something, our energy frequency is in a low vibrational state. It is impossible to manifest the things that we want in our life for them to come to fruition when we're in these like stuck low vibrational frequencies, when we can see to believe or when we can just know and feel in our body that we see something and it resonates and it's ours and we can take any type of ego trapping around that to really just believe and feel then we're in the higher frequency and the manifestation can drop in it can actually match the same level of frequency so i think that when you talk about your experience with that and just feeling. I think so much of it is it's a body sensation. It's an energetic sensation. And it's like really having the power or the courage to put the ego aside and to, to feel through decision-making rather than think through it. Spot on. Yes. And we all have different ways of doing this, you know, like I have one client, she's always like, oh, my gut reaction, my gut reaction. I feel it on my stomach. That's happened to me a few times in my life. But some people have, you know, um, more of a feeling in that chakra, for example. Whereas like I have just this like sense of peace, you know, where I feel zero resistance. And I'm like, yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, that's how I do it, you know. Uh, so we have to know that not everyone else's method is going to be our same method. So if we're not identifying with what other teachers and coaches or, you know, hosts are telling us, we need, as, as far as their story is concerned, let's start honing into what ours is, you know, let's start looking for the different signs. You know, I mentioned like, I see a lot of numbers. People give me a lot of spoken messages, but I have other clients who like, they get all their messages in feathers, literally, <laughs> or, you know, so if I'm telling you, you got to watch out for the numbers. If you don't see numbers, you're not doing it right. So it's really important that we honor the fact that we all have our own journey and we all have our own method, but we're all capable of the same amazing outcomes. We just have to figure out what works best for us. And like you said, tune out that noise. You know, it's, we got to get out of our head and really get into our heart. So a lot of times we'll talk ourselves out of a good idea or out of, you know, a divine message because someone else will say, ah, no, that's baloney. Give me a break. You did not. That's a coincidence. And it's like, okay, yeah, that person might know better than I do, or I don't want to be wrong, or I don't want to look like an idiot. So I'm going to go with what they said. 
Don't let anyone talk you out of a divine message or a a divine breadcrumb or a step or an opportunity. Literally listen to your soul. And it doesn't mean like sometimes we don't have valid concern over things. You know, I might have an opportunity to go to New York and I might have a valid concern like, hmm, I didn't budget for that, you know, but that's not a fear that's going to start getting me out of it. If I have this, no, I really want to do it. It sounds like a great opportunity. I really want to work with this person. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to move some stuff around. That's a yes. So it's really getting clear on the way that we operate and then knowing where we need to adjust how we operate, because I'm the queen, former queen of taking a valid concern such as, Hmm, I didn't budget for this into, oh my God, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose the car. Like, uh, what am I going to do? Like uh, that downward spiral of just fear, fear, fear. Fear again is a liar. It's usually an illusion. So knowing the difference between valid concern, fear, how I react to it, where this fear stemming from, why I'm going down the spiral. And that's really what self-mastery is. So self-mastery kind of puts us into this frequency and relentless self-appraisal and self-honesty so that we're always this clear channel and we're always this high vibration so we can always be manifesting. And if we're not, we know why. So that's that's kind of what I do is I gear people up to just live in the higher vibrations. I think that's a refreshing way to do this work because it's it's important to look at all of the the angles, the the shadow work part, the the things that programming, um, ego stuff that we're coming from that is really holding us back, but then to really just help us shift into this like ongoing state of abundance is like, really, um, I think if we can live our life always feeling and trusting that we're going to be provided for, that we are abundant, that we are whole, that we are kind of already have all the things that we need, even if we still have goals beyond that, just living our life through that way and having those thoughts override the the fear and the negative loops, then we can actually really see beyond and expand and, and what's next. If you've been listening to my show for a while now, you've heard me talk about my obsession with Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is a premium provider of cannabinoid, functional mushroom, and adaptogen products that are designed to elevate your day and help you feel your best. Their product line features organic and super, super clean ingredients, which is very, very important to me. I don't like putting a lot of junk in my system or overly processed items. Their products are all organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, and made in the USA. The Serenity Gummies are one of their newer products that I have been obsessed with. I just got my restock order. So happy I had a couple of days without it. And I was definitely missing my daily dose of Calm in the afternoon. The CBD and microdose THC gummies really give you that perfect little bit of Calm in the afternoon or evenings when you're trying to decompress a little bit. What I like about these gummies is that even though they do contain THC, 
it's such a small amount. You don't feel high at all and you can still get on with your day just feeling a little bit more relaxed, not so spun up from the day's events and work and commitments and all the things on your plate. So highly recommend those. The newest thing that I've been trying in my routine in the morning with my cup of coffee is their Rise Supplement. And they really are that perfect start to the day. They feel really natural. It's just kind of like taking your vitamins in the morning. You can take it on an empty stomach. And ever since I've been using them, I find that sometimes in the morning, even with a cup of coffee, it like wasn't enough anymore to get me going. I was feeling like so much in a fog. And I feel like these really help cut through that. So go on over to curednutrition.com, check out their product line, whether it's sleep, gut health, focus, or calmness, Cured has a product for you. Curednutrition.com. And don't forget to use coupon code epiphany at checkout. Can you give us um, maybe some examples in your work as a self-mastery Coach, I know you have a course called um, the I Am Everything Project, and you really help a lot of people with this. Can you give us like some tangible tips or or maybe um, breakthroughs that you've seen for clients through trying to do this work for themselves of self mastery and abundance? Absolutely, absolutely. So, kind of to piggyback on what you said, you know, a lot of people they want to manifest and they start taking the courses, the classes, they're watching YouTube videos, they're watching The Secret, they're reading the books, they're doing the stuff and they get a few things. And then they go, well, how come it stopped? How come, you know, I was able to do that then, but I can't do that now because they're not living that way. They're not residing in that frequency. They might dip their toe in that frequency from time to time when it serves them, but they're not staying there. So what I do is I teach people the integration, the practical daily tools to live there because I can't have today and tomorrow's manifestations based on yesterday's spirituality. I have to be in the frequency that I want and also have the self-awareness to know when I'm not and how to resolve it. So a lot of my clients come to me with the self-worth block. And one of the things we really, really work on in depth is finding out where they're deriving their worth. And we look at what they value as the way to figure that out. So if I'm putting all my value in, you know, Fendi bags, uh, Mercedes Benz, house on the beach, and maybe I don't have those yet, or maybe I do and I'm unhappy. It's like, maybe because that's not what I actually value. So worth and value are two kind of separate things that people like to make synonymous. But if I find out someone values integrity, honesty, you know, the outdoors, you know, talking with animals, uh, hanging out, reading about flowers, of course, you're not going to be happy when you get the latest Hermes bag or, you know, you drive a Bugatti. Like, why would, why would that bring you um, self-worth? So once people really get to understand who they are by looking at what they value, and this is a tangible I want to give the listeners, let's start thinking about this. Think about what you value. Then you will have an increased self-concept and your self-worth will just flow to you because now you're in alignment with who you are on the soul level, not what society told us we need to value. Because most of us 
don't value the things that, you know, E! News tells us to value or the Kardashians tell us to value or the news. So it's really important that we derive our worth from ourself and ourself only. I exactly. I think it puts things in perspective because we can often get caught up with the, what the Joneses are doing. And, and now with, you know, social media and, and advertising on social media and just this like onslaught of content that we're always being fed, it's hard to not compare and to question what you really want. You like maybe on an impulse buy the thing that you're seeing because you saw this person wear it and then you get it in the mail. And I'm always looking at like styling and stuff. Because of, of my work, but that's your jam, girl. <laughs> you, you get it in the you get it in the mail and you put it on. You're like, I thought this is going to cheer me up, and why is it not? Why is it doing nothing for me? Or you actually just feel guilty because of how much you spent, and it was an impulse buy. So it's like when we can really like peel back the layers of like the things that I'm actually spending my time, my money, and my energy on are not aligned with actually what's important to me. It's like, it sounds so simple, but it's like mind blowing. Cause if I think about, you know, how I want to feel at the end of the day, I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel satisfied with the day as a whole. I want to feel like maybe I helped someone helpful. I want to feel like maybe just cheering someone up and laughing, like really simple, basic things. If I'm spending all of my money on clothes or on, um, just online scrolling, how is that tying me to what really matters to me? It's actually not, it's out of alignment. So then you have kind of a blueprint of how you can start working yourself back to like, well, what can I put into my day that's going to bring me happiness, satisfaction, laughter, you know, those things that I mentioned that are important to me. So it's like, I feel like it can just be a big wake up call shift in perspective when you start looking at it. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned looking at other people, keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, we might see someone else who's successful and say, you know what, I want to emulate them. Okay. You know, I'm looking at Tiffany. I really like what she has going on. Okay. She's doing this. I'm going to start doing all those things. But guess what? That's Tiffany's purpose. That's Tiffany's Dharma. That's her soul mission. So yeah, she might be rocking that, but could you imagine if I started just copying you because I was impressed with you and I was uh, inspired by you. So it's like, be inspired by people be motivated by people, but don't emulate them because we value what they have going on. Think if, if Tiffany's values are, she wants inner peace, then maybe I need to see what my inner peace looks like. And guess what? For me, my inner peace isn't, you know, scrolling on, let's say like Poshmark for hours. It might get me a dopamine hit. I might have fun, but that's not going to bring me inner peace. So it's really important that we don't look at everyone else's perfectly curated lives or successes on social media, for example, and think, okay, that's what she's doing. I need to do that. Especially in the spiritual community in which I work so intimately, I see so many people just copycatting other people, um, especially spiritual coaches. Um, a lot of my girlfriends who are highly successful, they, you know, are frolicking around in little tiny bikinis on the beach and they're, that's them, you know? And then I see other women. Okay. Well, if so-and-so is doing that, I need to do that. Cause that shows I'm spiritual and I love myself. No, that's what she did. That doesn't mean that's what you have to do. So there's just a lot of confusion on what success is. And that's one of the things I, I really help people figure out is what is important 
to you? How are we authentically you? And, you know, especially when it comes to style, and I can just, again, relate this to the spiritual community. When people first start hanging out, you know, with the hippy dippy trippy crowd, they're wearing, you know, the harem pants, they're wearing the tie dye, they're doing the dreadlocks. I'm going to not shave my armpits and I'm going to forego makeup. And I actually got a lot of flack from the spiritual community, which is pretty funny in and of itself. Um, Why do you wear so much makeup? Like, I'm sorry, are you judging me? Like for me, my most authentic self is my happiest and most joyous expression. And if I enjoy the process of putting makeup on, I don't put makeup on from a place of I'm not pretty enough or I feel ugly. I do it because I love it. Like if I weren't a self-mastery coach, I might even be a makeup artist. Like I love it. But I started toning it down when I first started hanging out with these people. I started living for their approval. I started buying all the, you know, goddess outfits and the this and the that. And I felt ashamed to mention, oh, I'd had my armpits lasered a decade ago. You know what I mean? Like, and luckily because of the work I do, I was able to catch myself on my BS and my people pleasing really pretty immediately because I'm getting ready for an event. And I'm like, I'm putting on a costume of spirituality. This is not me at all. Spirituality is raw authenticity. Spirituality is knowing yourself so well that you shine so bright that you can lead others out of dark paths. It's not a pair of harem pants or walking barefoot in the grass. True spirituality is true self-expression at its purest. And guess what? This might not be my expression 10 years from now. But right now I'm loving a soft glam. I'm loving, you know, bright colors. I'm loving kind of a sexy vibe. That's my truest expression right now because guess what? I'm in my highest joy. So I really implore people to not follow a trend if it doesn't call to their soul. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's really, um, I think also important to remember if we are judging someone else or if we are trying to even emulate someone else, be like them, if we can take a pause and just check in, well, what is it about what they're doing that I want? Because if we're copying someone, you know, it's usually because there's something that they're offering that we want to be a part of. We want for our own life, even though we don't know what it is. And so it's just easier to take it on, copy it, then like tune in with ourselves. How can we make it authentic to who we are and have the two energies work together? And all of a sudden you can get swept up in it and, and then realize like, wait, why am I doing this? Or it doesn't resonate at all. And so whether it's a trend that you're copying or a business that you're copying, I think it's so important to just um, always make sure that you're checking in with like, does this feel authentic to me at the same time? What are the things that I admire about how other people that inspire me have built their businesses? What are some things that maybe I can noodle off of and think about different avenues, um, twists I can use to bring into my own business? I think there can be a way in which we can help each other and and use that as an inspiration point. Because it's really, I think, with how much content we get served to there's going to be overlapping concepts and ideas and approaches that do feel identical. So it's like, how do you, how do you separate the concept of like copying someone emulating, but also staying true to yourself? Sometimes it can take a couple of iterations and and checking in with yourself to really make sure that it feels unique and authentic because 
if it feels hard, if it feels full of friction or if it feels exhausting or, or just kind of over your head, it's not authentic. You know, it's, it's, that's a pretty easy way to, to approach it as well. But I just think that there's so many different, different things there around staying true to ourselves and why that's so important. Oh, you're so right. It's like, yeah, of course, several people are going to love, again, that example of frolicking on a beach, the bikini, this is me, you know, but some people are going to do that because they see other people do it and they lack the self-mastery. They lack the self-awareness to say, I'm doing this because it is me. And like you said, that friction, that resistance, if I know I'm doing something and it feels so good, I'm like, oh my God, I am a beach bunny. Let me, you know, do my thing. I love this. I found me. I was inspired by so-and-so and I might send her a DM. Thank you for inspiring me, sweet sister. Like you doing this gave me the energetic permission. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you've helped me find me by your own bold, authentic expression. That's one thing, you know, that's amazing. I applaud that. What I just don't want people to do is get lost in this quote unquote rat race and think they have to be something that's not them to succeed. Like I just want everyone to succeed. And the way that we do that is by being rooted in our own purpose and being our own true self and having our own voice because we all have this unique medicine that is so potent that only we can serve. No two people have the exact same perspective or the exact same way of describing something. They might be similar, but it's never going to be the same. And that is your superpower, your uniqueness. So that's why I'm just so happy that I'm at a point where I'm so unafraid to be me. You know, I walk up to these, you know, hippie events and I'm wearing like my full makeup. I'm wearing a leather jacket. People are like, I thought you were vegan. I'm like, no, I'm plant-based. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm just so me. And I'm so freaking grateful that I'm at this place of my life because, you know, back when I was in Hollywood, I was doing everything that I thought society wanted me to be. You know, I was doing the big Pamela Anderson hair and the fake lashes and the overdrawn lips and the this and the that, because that's what I thought I had to be, to be accepted, to get jobs, to get anything. And it's like, no, no, like really people like you because you're you just be you. And, uh, I hope that all the hard lessons and the realizations I've gone through kind of prevent other people from having to go to the lengths that I had to go to, to learn them, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think there is something that comes with age when you, the older that I get, I'm, I'm turning 41 next week. I feel like just more confident in myself, just more at peace with who I am, more in self-acceptance of who I am. I think coupled with a lot of inner work and, and, you know, manifestation tools and, and techniques are like the a winning formula, but there is something I think about just the older we get to the less we really care as much, hopefully all of us about what other people think about us and, and just not just unabashedly shining our light, just exactly how we are, who we are. And it really, it is such a freeing way to live. And when you can come home to yourself in the evenings and just feel like reflect on your day and just feel like I really live today, feeling great, feeling grounded in who I am. It doesn't really matter what anyone thinks about you anyways, because you have that inner knowing and and peace and confidence within yourself. So that's exactly what self-mastery affords. It doesn't mean that I don't take other people's opinions into consideration or I don't care what people are saying to me. 
but I don't live my life based on those opinions. I don't live my life based on their reactions or letting other people down or, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or anything like that. I live my life for me. And of course, I'll follow the golden rule and I'm not going to harm anyone with my choices, but other people's opinions don't affect me. In fact, they're none of my business, you know? They're, they have nothing to do with it. So I will say, you know, you and I are very similar in age. And um, I unfortunately know women in our age group who do not see the world we see it, who are still um, living for the acceptance of society. Um, they just haven't achieved it yet. So I need to accept too, as a self-mastery coach, hey, this is not everyone's path. You know, uh, not everyone wants this. Not, it's not everyone's dharma or karma or um, soul mission in this life cycle. And guess what? That's none of my business. They know what I do. I'm loud and proud about what I do. If they want it, they'll know where to come. But I need to not necessarily push it on everyone. But it makes me so happy to hear that you think the way I do, because that just tells me that self-actualization, self-mastery, manifestation probably comes pretty easy to you. And I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Well, you know, it's something I've been uh, developing over recent years. And I, I think, you know, I don't come from a, a TV media background, but just as far as what resonates about your story with mine is coming from a place where I was leading life with a mask on, where I was constantly worried about what other people thought of me and wanting to kind of contort my way of, of how I am and how I show up in a certain light to gain approval and people please and self-acceptance and all of that. And letting that override how I truly felt deep inside or even tuning into how I felt deep inside. And, and so through my own work of self-discovery, it really led to really, you know, finding manifestation and finding even deeper levels of abundance and, and self-acceptance and, and being able to let things, um, the frequencies shift within my body and within my life and let things come to me. And it, it feels like I'm living life just more magically now. It, it, my life feels kind of more magical. Um, but I also have people in my life, like to your point about that, they're not as interested in that stuff. And when I first started doing the work, I wanted everyone, I wanted to scream it from the rooftops because it was so like life-changing and helpful for me. And I wanted everyone to like buy into it. And I hit this point where I was like, no, I'm meeting so much friction here. Like this person is not ready to receive that. They're, they're here for a different reason. And that's okay. It took me a minute to like be cool with that. And we can find so many other things to connect on that have nothing to do with all of this work. But when you can meet someone who is like-minded and, and who does really, um, kind of dance through life the same way I like to say, that's when it, it can really feel like you can feel seen because you can feel like there's other people that are also kind of in the world doing similar things and they're seeing similar results. So I'm, you know, you feel less alone and kind of how you're living your life. And it might be a little bit different than other people around you. Yeah. It's so refreshing when you meet, uh, you know, soul family, I feel like, Oh, we had, we signed up for this little connection, you know, eons ago, we're just meeting each other. Now it's so refreshing. And I think one of the biggest parts about walking the spiritual walk and not just knowing a bunch of spiritual stuff and talking the lingo and going to the events and doing the, this and making the posts is practicing acceptance. Because when I can accept, let's say, are a parent, for example, who is so committed to their ego and their wounds and does not want to heal and it's breaking our heart. 
You know, when we have friends who we grew up with potentially who, you know, are just not interested in this. And it's like, I have the keys to the kingdom. And, you know, it's self-awareness and manifestation and knowing how the universe works and being real. It's so simple. It's so fun. Come on, sis. And they're just like, nope, I have to practice acceptance and acceptance uh, very similar to detachment is a very high spiritual calling. So I feel like if you're in a life cycle, you know, maybe it's your 19th or 20th time here in this realm and you're um, at a point where you have to choose to accept people or be miserable, right? You're a spiritual badass and this is a high calling and this is what you came here to do because you nailed all the other stuff and all the other past lifetimes. But truly acceptance, I mentioned because it's not easy. Um, like you said, when we first find out how to do all this and we feel so good, you know, we're, we're on a higher playing field. We're in a higher frequency. We're resonating with truth and honesty and dignity and unconditional love and purity of intention. We're like, Oh my God, I want everyone else to feel this. And so we go on this tour where we tell everyone and it hurts because people just don't want to hear it. They're committed to their misery. And it's like, why would you not want to hear what I'm saying? And they call you crazy. Oh, you'll get over that one day. You'll see that the world's really a tough place to be. And it's like, no, that's your perception. We have to accept that and give people the dignity of their own experience. If that's what they're here to learn and think and do in this lifetime, that's theirs. And like I mentioned earlier, they know what I'm about. They see me living life and loving life. And when they're ready, they'll come around. That's actually happened where People who naysayed me, you know, 10 years later, five years later, like, hey, are you still taking like self-mastery clients or <laughs> you want to teach me about that manifestation thing? I knew you'd come around when you were ready. And so that's the thing too. People will come around when they're ready, if they're ready. So I can't impose my awakening path on someone else. Well, I woke up now, so you have to wake up now too. Totally. A hundred percent. Cause it, it, that's not, I mean, you're probably going to lose the friendship if, if you're interacting with them in that level anyways, but I I've seen the same thing happen where I think I could really sense the, the, the judgment towards me or the distance towards me of like, just the shadow side of, of doing a lot of this work can be that you feel really different. You And sometimes that can feel isolating because you just feel like you're you're really living life almost on a different planet because you're, you are on a different plane. It feels like a lot of the time. And it's funny when some people you think, um, you know, distance themselves for you or, or, or maybe for a while, they just don't want to hear it. It's so interesting when they start coming around and sometimes it's like the person I least expected. And all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, they're getting curious. This is really fascinating. I just, either way, celebrate wherever someone's at because they're at the exact part of their journey that they're supposed to be whatever lifetime they're on. So it all actually makes sense, but it can feel isolating sometimes to feel like we are living life a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when I get spiritual and I get awake, I need to make sure that my spiritual ego doesn't start judging other people for not being awake. Because guess what? You weren't awake. I wasn't awake. I was like the poster child for dead asleep, you know? So how could I ever 
rob someone of their own experience of that aha moment, that epiphany, that beautiful revelation of truth that is divinely designed for them. And so one of the things that's really important when we do feel alone on this path, because it can be very lonely. Our parents think we're crazy. Our siblings don't have anything to do with us. Not going to bring it up at Christmas or Thanksgiving. They might even say, hey, don't bring up your weirdo stuff. Okay. You know, that's when we got to get really, really deep and really, really aligned with our spirituality, our divine team. You know, whether that be our higher power, the universe source, our ancestors, our angels, our guides, whatever it is, we have a whole divine team. Guess what, my friends? We don't have one guardian angel. We have a team of guardian angels. So call on them, cultivate a relationship with them. You know what? Angels, ask them for their help. You know, the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, give gratitude to it for helping you. And guess what? You'll receive more. Then you'll start working on and building this trust between you and your divine team. And then you'll know you're not alone. Then you'll see the signs, the numbers, the feathers, whatever it is, you know, and you'll start to say, I don't even need to talk about this at Christmas because I am so spiritually nourished day in, day out, 24, 7, 365. I'm full and I'm good. And I'm going to be so bright and full of this unconditional love, acceptance, and light that people are going to want to know what my secret is. And they'll come to me. I don't have to tell them anything. It's yes. And, and I, I love that. And I would like, like to hear kind of how you do tap into your spiritual team. I know for me, I like to utilize, um, you know, meditation in the morning, talking, connecting also, uh, astrology is huge for me. So I'm, I'm checking in with what the planets and the cosmos are doing because they're teaching me things too. They're helping guide me, um, whatever the current astro energy is like all of those things can kind of help me tune in pulling cards, just sitting with myself. You know, I also think that it's so important to remember, and I'm curious what your take is. I don't always feel great still. I think it's so important to remember that. Like I am living a life where I feel more of a higher frequency a lot of the time, most of the time, but I still have my shadow spots. I still have my blind spots. I still have parts where the programming takes over and days where I just kind of have to surrender to that. Does that ever happen to you? Or do you really truly feel like 365, seven days a week, you are living this like, highly abundant life. What happens if, if you find yourself in a lower state? So I've been living in like a 5d reality for years. And then something will happen where I'll get off track. Like this is going to sound crazy, but literally nothing could bother me for like five years. Like someone would like cut me off in traffic and I'd be like, Oh, you know, maybe they're late for work. Go on over. You know, um, someone would like there'd be an argument in line somewhere at a store, and I'd be like, okay, those people are not having a great day. Thank you, God, for giving me the best day ever. Like, I mean, everything, well, like you could not bother me. And then um I kind of didn't follow my own advice. Remember, I said you can't live today on yesterday's spirituality. I kind of stopped with the spiritual practices. Like I'm tuned in, I'm connected, nothing can bother me. That's when I started to realize some of my judgment was coming back. And the best place for me to gauge if I'm walking in that, you know, fifth dimension, higher levels of consciousness, higher frequencies, that better timeline, my highest joy, right? Is what is my mental space on the road? You know, do I want to teach people a lesson if they are driving poorly? Do I want to look 
to see if a driver is looking as dumb as they're driving? Do I need to somehow, you know, oh, good, like retaliate, do anything? If I can accept people on the road, I know I'm 100% tuned in to my self-mastery. So it's a really good litmus test for me. Now to answer your question. Well, and you live in LA like I do. So I feel like that puts things in perspective right there. Because if you can drive in LA without being bothered, you can do a lot. You can do anything. Literally, you can do anything. (laughs) So when I have a lapse of my mastered practice, let's just call it, um, it's fleeting. It can be 30 seconds. It can be an hour, but it's not going to go longer than that. And why is because since I've lived in higher levels of consciousness, higher resonations, you know, where I'm manifesting pretty much instantly, I actually have to stop my manifestations because it's getting overwhelming. Um, That contrast is so uncomfortable. And I'm like, ugh. I don't, I can't handle living here. So an example will be like, if me and my husband have an argument and I'm right, you know, he's wrong. And, uh, and I am just sitting there like, oh, when is he going to apologize? You know, like, you know, I, I'm going to give him the opportunity to apologize first because he needs to work on his spirituality. I'm just, you know, like, it's so ridiculous. My spiritual ego, but guess what it feels like? Even me saying that, because I'm super empathetic. Even when I talk about bad frequencies, I feel the bad frequency. It, I have a pit in my stomach and I'm not doing good and I'm seething and I know too much. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sending out all these low frequencies. I'm going to start manifesting more to be perturbed about. Yes. I'm going to manifest more to be angry about. I'm going to manifest more to have a spiritual ego about my superiority complex. Now for me, because I've done this work rigorously and I've done all the shadow work, I've done all the core wounds, I've done all the stuff. I know that superiority and condescension are two of my greatest flaws. And when we do this work, we can choose if we want to transmute some of our character traits that don't serve us into assets, or if we just need to get rid of them. And guess what? Superiority and condescension, I'm just going to get rid of those because there's got to go. no way that those can serve me. Yeah. And I will feel it coming on. And so what, what formerly years ago would have taken me days, maybe even a week of just slamming the door. I'm ignoring you. What a, uh. now I'm like, you know, 15 minutes. Hey babe, sorry for my reaction. Um, what can I do to make it right? Not to say like, when I, when I gave the example, I was like something I did, I was actually right in the argument. He was wrong. I don't say, you know what? I was right. You were wrong, but sorry for my reaction. I don't even mention that. I stick to my part of it, my accountability, because that's what self-mastery is. It's got nothing to do with you or your reactions. It's me and my reactions. And I'll just be like, babe, it did not feel good the way I, you know, reacted to you. Um, So it couldn't have felt good for you to receive it. I'm super sorry. Let me know what I can do to make it right. But I'll tell you right now, I'm going to do my best not to repeat that behavior. And that just makes it all go away. Yeah, it goes back to like feeling feeling because it's true when you are in a negative mindset, even if it's something that, you know, so familiarly, if you compare that to when you have felt in your highest vibration, it feels completely different in the body. And so if you really can master tuning in with yourself and, and really feeling, making the conscious 
you can actually make the conscious choice to shift your mindset. It's not easy, but you can do it. Even just practicing doing it by yourself, noticing the different fluctuations and how something feels, especially like sometimes I'll practice saying it out loud. Um, when you say something really negative about yourself is a great example of something that comes up in my life. If I'm being hard on myself, I'll say something negative, compare that to if I say something I really love about myself and the difference in how my body feels and how I feel, it's so distinguishable. So we really can um, use those clues that the body is sending us, I think, to help remind us to stay in the the higher or choose to stay in the higher vibration, even though it is hard. And, and I love that you know where your shadow spots are or where you, you have things in your life that you know are the things that are not serene you and they have to go. I think the self-awareness is just so helpful and, and just really having self-acceptance for other people as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what sets self-mastery apart from other practices or shadow work or, you know, other programs or things people do is like, I know every nuance about my thoughts, my beliefs, my behaviors, my actions, my reactions. So I could actually tell if I did anything right now, I could tell you what the underlying motivation of it is, which is what we do within self-mastery. Because if I know why I do the things I do or where they stem from, is it programming from my parents? Is it society? Is it a wound? Is it a protective survival skill mechanism? Is it an underlying fear? What is it? Then I don't have to repeat it. I can choose in that moment. And don't get me wrong. There are sometimes I choose the moment to just do the the low vibe thing. And yes. I know I'm making the choice. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll fix it later. You yeah. know, there are times where I make that, but I know I'm making the choice. I'm not just acting a fool out in the world. I know why I'm doing things yes. and it's so empowering. And then too, if I ha- am having an argument with someone, um, I'll just, my husband's a good example because who doesn't argue with their husband from time to time? You know, I can apologize from that place of self-awareness. Hey honey, sorry, I acted out of sorts. I know if I take this down to my most underlying fear about this argument, I'm afraid of losing you. And I'm afraid we're not going to find respect with each other. And I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's it's a, not a valid concern. It's just an underlying fear that I'm trying to bulldoze through. Thank you for, for being you know with me through it. Um, but I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. You know, that is such a more beautiful place to be than I'm right. You're wrong. I don't know why I'm acting like this. Because guess what? No one acts in lower frequencies or lower vibrations if there's not something nasty at the bottom of it that we don't see because it's on the subconscious, we're not aware of, motivating it and pushing it. If we have nothing but love inside of us, nothing but love is going to come out. So when we work on our shadow self, um, a lot of people will say, I'll integrate the shadow. I am in disagreement with that. We heal the shadow and we integrate higher aspects of ourselves due to this ruthless and relentless self-awareness. Um, I don't want to integrate my condescension. I don't want to integrate my superiority. I want to heal that, turn it over. And maybe, maybe I can transmute notes of it into confidence, but I'm never going to think I'm better than anyone. I don't want to integrate that. So 
Yeah, self-awareness for the win, sister. It really is the secret sauce that uh, can take people to in- incredible new heights. And especially if we want to manifest. If I want to send out vibrations, you know, wiggles of energy and intention out to the unified field, I got to know what I'm sending out. And if I'm thinking, oh, I'm sending out gratitude, I'm sending out desire, but I have unhealed frequencies of doubt, shame, despair, resentment, I'm going to get a wonky manifestation or no manifestation at all. So self-awareness. Oh, I've experienced the wonky manifestation. Yes, honey. I would love to hear about it if you want to. <laughs> I mean, well, you're, you're married, but I, I'm dating right now actively. So I, it's a focal point in my life right now is I'm going on a lot of dates and I have a list that I write out, you know, what I'm looking for. And, and what's been interesting is each date I'll get a new caliber coming to me of something that's been on the list that I've manifested. But if it's not fully aligned yet or integrated, or I actually feel worthy of it, I notice a wonky version of what is on that list will come through and I can see it right away. And the qualities with the person I'm dating, I'm like, or the test comes where we walk through something that activates it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's because I haven't done this work yet. This is why it's only getting me this far. So it's like, it's almost like a partial manifestation, but I find that those to be such tools, such teachers, such gifts, because, um, that's showing us where we still have room to grow. Obviously we're, we're works in progress. We're meant to be on this lifetime to learn and to mess up and to, to try things again. Um, but also it really helps me streamline where the areas in my life, I still need to integrate with my, my past relationships, my self-worth, all of that. So that this fully list that I want can actually feel resonant so that it drops in as a complete manifestation instead of a partial. And it will, I have no doubt that it will. So I think too, is knowing that full knowing this will manifest. I am calling this in. And like you said, every time we make a mistake or we don't get what we want in that moment, or it's wonky, it's only an opportunity to go deeper and learn more. Everything is a gift. Either everything is divine and everything is a gift and an opportunity to grow and up level and expand or nothing is. And guess what? It's not nothing. Like we have too many examples, practical experience, you know, cool stories of alignment, this, that to say, though, this whole thing is just one big cosmic joke and it's a coincidence. No siree. So I have no doubt that you're going to call in this perfect love for you. That's going <laughs> to nourish you, you, yes. you know, spiritually, emotionally, and um, just really enhance your life and bring in true partnership of respect and unity and bliss. I love it, girlfriend. I claim that um, energy. Thank you. Yes. And that's the thing too, like, you know, we can amplify each other's manifestations. Like I can't manifest for Tiffany, but if she gives me spiritual permission and she's like, Andrea, yes, amplify me, girlfriend. You know, we can manifest together. Mm. So I want to remind people that too, like if there's something you really want and there's people who you're spiritually bonded with, you know, not maybe some random person on a Facebook group, but like, like, a sister, a soul sister, you know, um, your partner, someone who you really trust on a spiritual level um, that you want to amplify your manifestations with, amplify it. It's so true. It's so helpful. I, I often, you know, I work with a, a coach and, and mentors and, and when we talk about what we're working on, they can send, they can send me the energy of what I'm working on. And I can feel that we can feel 
the energies that we send other people, they can feel what we're sending and vice versa. I completely believe in that as well. And, and that can help amplify. I just, I love all of these tips and insights that you shared with us today. I actually can't wait to listen back to this episode to refresh my memory, but I think that there's been so much value in just really living a higher state of vibration, bringing back to love, self-acceptance, gratitude, and, and just the way that you really identified wanting to do life a different way. And, mm-hmm. and now in a way that feels like it's serving you and more fulfilling than what you were doing before. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you for all the inspiration today, Andrea. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or, or any of the services that you offer as a mastery coach? Well, my Instagram page has my link tree and I always keep my link tree super fresh and up to date. So that's going to be at the I'm Everything Project on Instagram, but also um, my website, andrealowell.com, my name. You can find free guides for raising your vibration. You can find um, applications to work with me as a mentor, either for a two-month mentorship or a year-long mentorship, also one-on-one sessions. So all that can be found in my link tree. And then um, I'm sure we'll put them in the show notes too. So yeah, the I Am Everything Project and andrealowell.com. Definitely. We will put them in the show notes. Thanks again, Andrea, so much for coming on. So grateful. So honored, Tiffany. Thank you so much.